Welcome to Coaches and Conversations, where we remove the veil and talk about what it's really like to be a woman building a business online. Because here, it's not just business, it's personal. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach and Business Strategist, Tavana Denise. Let's dive in. Oh my goodness, I think this is going to be a really good one because Jenna Faith, I knew you as Jen Scalia and you are a bona fide seven-figure earner, have been for multiple years now. And in like in, in in line with everything that we're trying to do on this podcast about real, honest, genuine conversations and normalizing some of the, the, the highs and the lows and just like all of the stuff in between, instead of just giving the snippets, the highlights, the, the Instagram perfect picture, I was like, Jenna keeps it real. She's, she just tells it how it is. And so thank you so much for being willing to come on and tell your story about seven figure success, like the backstory. So I've known you for a very long time, since 2014 or 15, back when you called yourself Jen Scalia. So can you kind of tell me, like, I'm so curious, why did you change your name? What's the backstory with that? And then also, please do tell people who you are on the in the online space. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm Jenna Faith, aka Jen Scalia. And I really work with people to help them grow their businesses. It's, it's changed and transitioned over the years. But my wheelhouse is strategy, content, mindset, and really just helping you create a business your way. Um, and th the business has had many iterations. And the iteration where I decided to completely change my name was back, I want to say it was about a year and a half ago, maybe two years now. I think it's coming up on two years in April. And, you know, I had been doing business the traditional way, you know, the way that the gurus tell us to, the way that, you know, the bro marketers tell us to, and everything was very masculine, mm -hmm. you know, very hustle, very push forward, very numbers oriented, very tangible, strategic. And I didn't really let a lot of my femininity in or kind of that softness in. And I took a course with my coach at the time, that was all about femininity and all about like stepping into like your feminine essence. And I'm like, yeah, like that's not, doesn't really apply to me, <laughs> you know, but I'm like, I'll listen, you know, it's my coach. You know, I, I like her, I adore her. So let me just see what she has to say. And I just remember she had us do, it was a very short, like maybe seven minute meditation and I'm listening and I'm doing the thing. And it was about like stepping into like our goddess and the name literally just came to me. Like I had no intention to change my name. It wasn't really thought out or planned out. It wasn't like, hey, I think I'm just going to do this for shock value or I'm just going to change my name. You know, it was just like a name that came to me. And I felt like the name really embodied um, more feminine essence mm -hmm. than Jen Scalia. Because Jen Scalia to me sounds powerful. It sounds strong. It sounds masculine. But also the last name is not my last name that's my ex-husband's last name that I chose to keep because I have a son with the same last name. And so for me, it was kind of like letting go of that old part of me as well. Not only the masculine, like do, do, do part of me, but also like, Hey, that's a part of my life that it's not really me. It was never really my name. So I kind of just decided it took a little while. Maybe it took like less, 
than two months. I would say less than two months because I was like, well, I've built my entire business around a specific name. I have dozens, maybe even hundreds of articles, podcast interviews with my old name. I have best-selling books. I have collaborative things with my old name. So it was a, it was a pretty big decision to like rebrand myself essentially into Genefaith. Yeah, I think the name is so interesting, too, because I'm known on interwebs as Tavana Denise, and that was very intentional because I've never been married. I plan at some point to get married, and I was like, I don't want to be like Jada Pinkett Smith, where you got to add a something on the end. I'm like, well, if it's Tavana Denise, that's always me, and then they can put whatever they want, but that doesn't change my part. So I think, thank you for sharing that of, like, the decision that you had to go through. And I think it's it's so interesting. I'm like, oh, universe, you must be talking talking to me because everybody that I've talked to today as we plan for the podcast it's about like slowing down and being gentle and like and you talking about that feminine energy and I think that's why uh I was drawn to your energy like 2014 or 15 whenever um, I met you is because we had that very similar like go 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 drive 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 do all the things and I remember one article that you wrote that always stands out to me was like entrepreneurship made me fat. And so can you tell everyone a little bit, and I will link it up in the show notes, but I felt like that was real. That was raw. And that's why I was like, I knew I had to have you to come and have a conversation with me because you're going to tell the real deal. So tell us about that. Like what was going on at the time? Yeah. I mean, I, that was, probably one of the first like actual blog posts that I made. So I love that it's still impactful years later. Um, it's crazy to me, right? But that just goes to show you like, you know, our content and the things that we say and the words that we speak can live on for a really long time. And, you know, I just was so in my business. You know, I was so in my business in the beginning, like trying to make it work, doing all the things, watching all the videos that I didn't give myself time to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And so I was always very thin growing up and I never really cared, you know, cause I could eat whatever I wanted, do whatever I wanted and it didn't affect me. But as I was getting older, it started to affect me. And because I was so into my business, I wasn't working out. I wasn't taking care of my body. I was literally just on the couch, on my laptop, doing all of this work. And I gained a lot of weight, like in a short period of time. And that's when I ended up writing the article, but it was just crazy because you don't realize like how much time, energy, effort that you put into growing a business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember you being very vocal about that. Like I'm, I'm grinding, I'm working on my business. I'm trying to make things happen. And I know you talked yeah. about trying to make it for your, your son who was very, very young at the time. And so like, how did you manage the family life along with building your business? Because I know a lot of people listening have little, ki little kids and. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, you know, looking back, I know that I spent the majority of my time on the laptop, you know, and there's times where I, I remember thinking like, oh, this is just going to be for a little bit, you know, and he's young, he's not really going to remember, you know, and so I spent a lot of time on my laptop while he was on his iPad or on his phone or, you know, playing games or whatever. And I did really come from the perspective of like, I'm grinding hard now, so I don't have to later, you mm -hmm. know? And so when he's in more of his like older years, you know, like where he is right now, 10, 11, 12, and he really needs, 
you know, me to be there for him, I can be there for him. And I don't have to worry about grinding anymore. In, in terms of that, though, I really do feel like you do have to grind in the beginning. I feel like a lot of people sell this like ease and flow and it gets to be easy and it does get to be easy once you get to a certain point. But I feel like you can't really come into entrepreneurship or come into building a, a legitimate business that's going to be sustainable mm -hmm. thinking that it's going to be easy. Yeah. And I think there's a huge difference since you're like, you're a person that loves words too, a difference between ease and easy. Yes. Yes. For sure. Because they're like, I, I was a cyclist competitively and the, I loved riding and that crap was hard, but <laughs> I loved it and I'm a sprinter. So like my body is designed to go fast and flat mm -hmm. and it's hard, but it's ease. It's like, it's ease for me. The hills, not at all. So I think that's really important. Like, why do you think, or what do you think was the difference between you having hit your goals? Because I know when I remember whatever Facebook group that we met in, there were a lot of people, there were like at least 10,000 people mm -hmm. in that group. And I'm wondering, like, of those people that started with us, what do you think is the difference between you and others that had similar goals but didn't achieve them? I mean, honestly, it's just not quitting. I feel like, you know, if you have your sights on a goal, if there's something that you want to achieve, when it gets hard, that's when you're going to be tested. When it gets hard, it's like, oh, you know what? This is not for me, you know, or I'm going to go try something else or I'm going to go do something else or I'm going to go get a job. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I do feel I've actually said this on another podcast. Like, I don't feel like entrepreneurship is for everyone. I don't feel like especially a lot of the people like in the coaching space, it's just not for some people, you know, and I'm not afraid to say that, you know, whereas <laughs> other coaches are like, well, anybody can do it, you know, and anybody can achieve it if they really like if it's in their heart, they can, but I feel like some people come in and, and with this notion and this idea that it's like, it's going to be easy. It's going to be webinars on the beach. It's going to be, you know, Instagram pictures. And, and then when that doesn't happen, they move on because that's not really what they were meant to do. You know? So I do feel like entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. I do feel like not everybody is cut out for coaching and, and being in the online space and being in the limelight. Um, some people just don't even have a thick enough skin really to be able to do it. I mean, you're going, as you get bigger, as you get more visible, you're going to have to deal with certain things that normal people don't. For example? Um, just like being criticized, you know, mm -hmm. being judged. You're always going to be constantly judged, putting yourself out on the forefront, right? Uh, talking about what you do, talking about your values, speaking your mind, saying your opinion. And I feel like a lot of people can't handle that either. So how do you deal with it? I mean, you've been very visible for a lot of years. How do you handle the people judging you? Like, and also, if you don't mind sharing, like, what are some of the things that people judge for, judge you for? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's been different. Um, it, it'll be like really stupid things. <laughs> um, and the thing is, like, when you are solid in who you are, and you know who you are, it's it's a fine line between oh, that affects me and that bothers me to like, that person don't know what they're talking about, right? Because when you're so, when you're in your truth and you're doing whatever, like those things should just roll right off your back, right? But a lot of times it doesn't um, for certain people because then they'll start to doubt and be like, oh, wait, did I say something wrong? You know, or mm -hmm. should I be doing something different? I mean, I remember um, 
you know, like one time I got an email from a girl who just responded to an email that I put out there and, and she said something about, um, is all you do sell on your emails? She's like, you don't give any value at all. <laughs> and I knew that that wasn't true because I had made it a mission that every time I sent out an email, no matter whether that person moved forward with me or bought from me, that they were going to get something, even if it was just something small that they could take and apply in their business or apply in their content. So I knew for myself, like that it wasn't true. Mm. And so I like kindly responded to her. And I was just like, actually, if you read my emails, I'm like, you would see that I've been giving tons of value for many, many years. And I'm allowed to sell like that's, you know, where I come from. So it's just a matter of being so solid in yourself as well, that like those things don't affect you. And I, I've got to that point. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like I'm, I'm fascinated about the, this concept of getting bigger and more successful and the haters. And so can we stay there for a minute and you tell me like one of the craziest (laughs) stories that you've ever had to deal with? Because I think, and maybe it's just for me, maybe I'll just be selfish right now because I'm like, the more I hear about the the haters and y'all's response to them, the more I'm like, oh, that's just par for the course. And then I don't have to be worried about it anymore. So like, what what is like one of the craziest stories you've ever? Actually, I had one recently and I thought it was actually really fun. It was actually really funny. I made a big joke out of it, Um, but I had asked a question on my um, Facebook wall about, I have this very nosy, not nosy neighbor, loud neighbor. Um, They have like this little girl who just won't stop screaming. So I was like, hey, what do you guys suggest? You know, and it was just a question. And I was like, you know, there's somebody in my neighborhood. I just moved into this apartment and some woman commented and was like, oh, you live in an apartment? So you, you six figure person, like you, you're not doing any, any better than I am or something like that. And I was like, I'm like, oh, so people who make money aren't allowed to live in apartments. (laughs) I was like, she doesn't know where I live, what my apartment looks like, how much money the apartment costs. I could live in a high rise, you know, uh, house in New York city, overlooking central square, (laughs) you know? So it's like, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. Like people have these notions about what they think you should do or what you think you should have. It was a little bit triggering. So I was just like, eh. I was like, yeah, well, I just sold my house in, you know, August of last year and made six figures because the market was hot. So it was like, you know, and then I had said something to her and she, and she kept going back and forth with me. And it was just funny because at that day I was like, I'm just going to have fun with this. <laughs> and we just went back and forth and it was just crazy. You know, I mean, then she started saying like, oh, I'm going to take your man. <laughs> what? I came out of left field and I was just, I mean, at, then at that point I was just like, this lady's nuts. And so I was just having fun with it. We were going back and forth for like an hour or something. <laughs> and so then that's your entertainment for the day. Yeah. And then finally I was like, you're blocked. <laughs> but it was just funny how like, you know, people have these perceptions of like, what you should do or who you should be or how you should spend your money when you have it, you know? And that's like, it's just crazy. Well, what do you think that's about? Because I see it like, so you're talking about it from the, how you should spend your money when you have it. But then I also have this thought in my mind about like, I see women CEOs get the way I've envisioned it being torn down. And I just don't see that happening as much with male entrepreneurs. 
And so I'm like, what is that about? Why do people feel like they entitled or like that they should even comment on how you choose to spend your money or that yeah. you choose to sell in your emails on your email list? It's like, get yeah. the F off the email list. Yeah. Like get yeah. out of my house if you don't want what I'm selling. You know what I mean? And it's that easy, but I, you know, and all honesty, and I've said this before and I've gotten a lot of flack for it too, but I'm like, this is why men are better at business than women. Because I feel like a lot of women are too emotional. You know, it's like they, they let things like bother them. Whereas like, I feel like, you know, and I'm making a generalization, of course, but you know, I feel like if, if a man goes to start a business or hit a certain number, like they're just going to go for it. They're not worried about what their boys are thinking or if their boys are talking shit on them. Like they don't care. You know what I mean? I feel like us women, like we do care. We care how we come across to people. We care what other people think about us. We're not so like streamlined focused. And, you know, I obviously love women. I embrace my femininity. I also embrace the fact that we're a completely different beast than a man. Right. You know, we have our hormones, we have our cycles, we have like all of this stuff that we have to navigate. We have to take care of everyone. We have our families. We have to, you know, do all of these things that men don't. You know, so I just feel like men just don't care that much about what other people think mm-hmm. than women do. I think women care a lot. Yeah. Well, but okay. So I get that in terms of being the business owner and building a business. Like I, one of my, I tell people all the time on this podcast, one of my friends, I call them those thoughts that we have that just don't go away, no matter how much money we make and how much success we have is people are going to talk shit about me (laughs) and it's not a positive one. It's like, it makes me feel afraid when I think, Oh my God, if I do this, people are going to talk shit about me. But I'm like, what are it? If that's one of my things that I deal with all the time, like what are some one or two of the thoughts that you still deal with, even though you, you make the money that you make? I think, um, I wouldn't say not good enough, but not doing enough. That that's one that comes up a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. So even though I know, like if I complete something, you know, or if I finish out the day today, for example, you know, I had a coaching client earlier, I had the interview, I did a bunch of other things today. And if there's, there's been times where I go to bed and I'm like, did I do enough? You know? So it's like, I think because there's a constant demand to like be on all the time, especially in the online space. It's like, you've got to be on, you've got to post X amount of times. You got to make sure you're relevant. You got to be consistent. You got to do all this thing, all these things. So that's one that, that definitely kind of lingers is like, did I do enough? Mm -hmm. Um, Not necessarily am I enough, but did I do enough, you know, in order to be able to achieve my goals in order to hit those numbers that I want to hit in order to reach the people that I want to reach. So that's one that definitely like kind of hangs out for me. Um, And let me see what other, so like a limiting belief. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's like my main one. I feel like I've I've overcome so many of them. You Mm -hmm. know, I've never really had the fraud syndrome though. I've never really had that one. I know a lot of people have that one um, of like, who am I to be doing this? Like, I feel like I've never had that one, Yeah. but I know a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. And I, it is like, I think we, we clear a lot of them and then there's some that they, we just carry them with us to the next level and the next level. So what, what has been the most challenging thing for you about earning the amount of money that you earn that you didn't expect? Um, the first thing that comes up is like, that I'm always going to be the breadwinner that I'm always going to have to take care of people 
that I'm always going to have to keep up with that level of success, right? Because if I've reached a certain level of success, how dare I go backwards or how dare I make less money or how dare I do less, right? So Mm -hmm. that's definitely one for me that's like, you have to kind of maintain a certain level in order to stay relevant, really. That's interesting. I can, I can see that. And I sometimes wrestle with it just even in my own programs. It's like, well, if you've already done this, then you have to do it. And I remind myself, no, I don't have to do anything, especially if I'm making some adjustments to anything in my business. Sometimes as you recalibrate, you might need to slow down or back up for a second or pause so you can, so I can totally see that. So when you think about that thought about like, I'm always going to have to be the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. What comes up for you? Cause that's so fascinating. We did a podcast on women who are breadwinners in their family. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, you and I will probably always out earn our partners. And so what comes up for you when you think about, okay, I'm always going to have to be the yeah. breadwinner. I mean, I don't like it. <laughs> I'm like, I want somebody to take care. I don't care how much money I'm making. I want somebody to take care of me, pay all my bills and do all my stuff. I don't care. I'll just take my money and put it in the account, in the account, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's tough, especially because there's so much stigma around earning and partnerships and relationships. And, you know, it's funny because I follow um, one girl who all she talks about is like, well, if your man isn't paying your bills, he doesn't love you. And I'm like, okay, well, that's an interesting concept, you know, but I like, she's on my feet and I actually like her because she's very bold about what her beliefs are. So mm-hmm. sometimes like her beliefs and I'm like, is that true? I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> you know, um, but it's just interesting. It's like an interesting concept, right? So it's like, hmm, but if I am the breadwinner, if I am earning, you know, millions, like what am I going to do with my money anyway? You know? So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting concept. I think it's, uh, dismantling a lot of old beliefs, which mm-hmm. is something that I do with my clients all the time, because that's, that's what we all have to do. We have these beliefs that just came from where, where did they come from? They came from our parents, our parents, parents. So it's like, we're, we're basically trying to embody beliefs from like time that no longer exists, right? From like the 1950s or the 1940s or the 1960s, where it's like, yeah, that there were certain things in place and there were certain things that didn't exist, uh, certain opportunities that didn't exist for women. You know, I mean, to be able to make even six figures online and have the tools to be able to do that, that Mm -hmm. didn't exist. That didn't even exist in the 80s, you know? So it's like, how can we take these money beliefs from the 1950s and still translate them into 2022? It doesn't make sense. So it's like dismantling old beliefs and then replacing it with your new beliefs and knowing that they're yours and not someone else's. That's, I think, another really hard thing to navigate as being an entrepreneur online and just there's so much noise and so many people that are, they express, it's almost like they express an opinion as fact. Right. So then you start to question yourself. You're like, wait a minute, is that really true? You know, with like what that woman said, he's not paying your bills, like he doesn't love you. And it's like, wait a minute, is that your opinion? Is that your belief or is that an actual fact? Right. And it's it is hard to navigate like what's true and what's not. So we always have to listen to ourselves and like, is this true for me? Is this what I actually really believe? Or is this somebody else just talking and infiltrating? 
you know, my thought processes. Yeah. I mean, and then if I do take on that belief, how do I even feel when I take that on? Like, if I don't feel good about whatever that belief is, then I just put it away because it's really an opinion. Anything that is not fact by science is an opinion. And so she has an opinion. You can have an opinion. I can have an opinion, other people. And it's, it's, all of this is just really, when you talk about being in the online space and listening and having so many people's thoughts and opinions in your ear, I'm like, sometimes for me, I just turn it all off. I don't have notifications on. Well, I never have my notifications on. I stop listening to podcasts and YouTube videos just from points in time in the year, because I need to be connected to my own wisdom and my own thoughts. And so I think that is super, super important. Wow. Yeah, because I think it's easy to forget who you are sometimes when you're so infiltrated with who everybody else is, right? I had a client um, recently who was like, you know, I just turned everything off and I just started listening to my own podcast. I started listening to my own shit. And I was like, brilliant. That's That's dope. Because it (laughs) reminds you of like, wait, I actually am really good at what I do. I am a badass. Like, let's do this, right? You're like pumping yourself up. We're just always looking for that external validation, it feels like. Um, And then when we don't get it, it's like, "Mm, am I really this good? Can I really do these things that I believe? So I agree with you with just, you know, turning off the notifications, turning, you know, taking breaks of it. You know, I actually just deleted Facebook app off my phone this morning because I was like, I got stuff to do and I don't even want to be worried with like even just hopping on my phone and checking it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm deleting it for the day. Um, And it is, it's, it goes back to the tough skin, not necessarily tough skin against like haters or people that are going to judge you, but just tough skin that like you don't let other people's stuff infiltrate who you really are and what your personal beliefs are. A hundred percent. So I would love to know like, what's one question you, I know you've done a lot of podcasts, but what's one question you are dying for people to ask you, but they never do. Oh, I have no idea. You want to surprise me with one? I don't know. I, I, I'm like so open and flowy. Like Ugh. I go with the flow. Like I'm like the conversation, like I'll say anything. I don't care. I'll, okay. I'll so, <laughs> so I was telling you before, well, let's go into money a little bit because I was telling you, I, I wanted to, I'm thinking, why do I need to wreck my brain trying to figure out what I could ask you when I'm like I get to talk to you whenever and other people, this would be maybe the only time they get access to you. So, so I decided to ask some people, what would they want to know if they had access to sit down and talk to a multiple six figure or seven figure earner? And one of the questions really was around money. Like people talk about, I had a hundred, a hundred thousand dollar launch, or I made a hundred, like a million a year or whatever the number is. And so, but peeking behind the veil, right? Nobody actually knows if you are a a woman in business online as a coach and you make seven figures, what does that actually translate into in terms of take-home pay? So can you shed a little bit of light around that? Yeah, I mean, I wish people would be more transparent. Um, I have a a video on my YouTube of like, um, I can't remember the exact amount of money that I made that month, but I actually did like a full like behind the scenes of like, here's what I made, here's in cash, here's the contracts that I signed. So like, you know, it was maybe 50,000 in sales, but I got 20 K in cash. Right. And then the rest of it's coming over time. Um, and then I also broke down my expenses. 
Because I was mm-hmm. like, people need to actually see that. And I, I feel like that's, I'm glad that you asked that question because I feel like that's what people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I made all this money, but I have to give half of it away to my affiliates. I spent $30,000 on ads. I, you know, have three six-figure um, team members on my roster, you know, so they don't talk about the actual what's happening. And I've been behind the scenes of so many businesses, both small and just beginning businesses mm-hmm. and big businesses. And I've been an affiliate for like my coaches, the people that I look up to and my mentors that are doing these big launches. When I say big, I mean like seven figures, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's not, you know, what it seems. Let's just say that <laughs> it's not what it seems. Right. I mean, I remember, I can't remember I want to say it was maybe back in 2018. Let's say it was 2018. Um, I hired someone who had worked with um, a lot of other people on their launches and he came highly recommended. I was like, cool, let's, let's do this. Like, I want to have my first six figure launch. Like I want to have, you know, um, all of this stuff. I can't remember exactly what my goal was. I think I wanted like $300,000 launch or something. So I went over, flew to Canada had like a powwow with him, a full day session with him. And he asked me, you know, Hey, like what, you know, what's your goal? And I was like, Oh, like 300 K, you know? And he's like, okay, how much of that do you actually want to keep? And I was like, 300 K, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and he's like, yeah, he's like half that, maybe less than that you'll keep with their hmm. strategies of affiliate marketing, you know, having other people sell for them ads all of that kind of stuff and that like to me I was shocked because mm-hmm. I didn't you know I was so in like just seeing people make money you know and seeing these big numbers but not really knowing what was actually required to hit those mm-hmm. numbers so that was like actually really shocking to me that I was like oh shit I don't get to keep all of it <laughs> so you know I really do wish that people would be more transparent about it and what you actually take home you know, I have become someone who has, like, I've always had a lean team. I've always wanted a lean team because I knew that I didn't want to be a manager. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, like when people are like, oh, I have 20 people on my team. I have 30 people on my team, even 10 people on my team. I'm like, I don't want that. You know, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I could technically hire somebody to do all the stuff for me, but I don't want to have to manage people. I don't want to have to delegate. I don't want to have to do any of that stuff. So mm-hmm. I've always kept my team pretty lean. And um, I would honestly say like the majority of like what I spent my money on throughout the years was coaching and mentorship, you know, Um, team, I would say would be a second, you know, in line, um, making sure that I have people to support me, my VAs, my contractors, things like that. Um, But those are definitely top two expenses for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so fascinating. Well, I totally, totally appreciate you coming on and doing your thing as I knew you would. That's why I invited you because I'm smart. <laughs> so um, before I ask you my last question, would you please tell people how they can find you, follow you, tap into your wisdom? Yes. So I'm not even going to share my Facebook because I'm getting off of Facebook. Um, we're, we're not doing Facebook anymore. 20 years, you know, I'm, I'm done with Facebook. So, um, Instagram is at meant for millions. Um, I'll be on, uh, Instagram a lot. Um, TikTok at Jen Scalia, my old name, because my new name was taken. There's actually a, she's a musician, um, famous musician with the name Jenna Faith. So I was like, oh man. Um, so I don't have any of those handles. <laughs> so okay. you can either find me at meant for millions at Jen Scalia or at Jenna Faith on 
pretty much all platforms. Okay, awesome. And so the last question is, if you could go back to your former self and give her one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, gosh. Um, I always I always give the same answer. Um, and it's because I have it tattooed on me. It says, be you. Oh, be yourself. Like, stop trying to emulate what other people are doing, your coaches, you know, copying what other people are doing, because you think that's what works. What works is authenticity, um, being genuine, being true to yourself and being being in alignment with what you truly want. And I, I know that, you know, when I first started, it was like, oh, I have to be a certain way or I have to do things a certain way in order to be successful. Or, you know, my coach is doing this or my mentor is doing this. So I have to do that too in order to be successful. And I, I really do believe that we can pave our own path, have, our, have it our own way. Whether you want to make six figures, seven figures or more, like you can design it however you want it. And then you got to back yourself on that. Mm, I love that so much. Well, thank you so, so much, Jenna, for coming in and sharing your wisdom with us. And I will talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Uh-huh.